Hello, everybody. It is Monday, February 27th, and welcome to episode 83 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place all season long for everything related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And today on our show, spring training games have started, and the optimism for the Blue Jays this year is sky high. And we'll talk about some of the key performances and what they mean for this team going forward that we've seen from the three games so far. Plus, the Blue Jays have announced their promotional giveaways, and we got some pretty big front office news to get into as well. But first, guys, before we get into it, remember, our show is free, and we're available on all platforms. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please like the video, guys, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're rapidly growing, and we want you to be part of that first crew that gets in here with us. And if you're listening to us on Podcast Land, leave us a five-star review. It really is the best way to help the show grow. Formalities out of the way, Riley. What's up, man? How are you today? Jesse, I'm good. I'm excited for this one. Uh, it's been a long winter, man. It's been a long winter. We finally have some baseball to talk about. We finally get to talk about the good stuff, why mm-hmm. we're here, why we're doing this, Jesse. And that's to talk about the actual on-field stuff. We're not. We're limited right now. We're early in spring training. Only got three games in right now. But you know what? Three games is a lot more to talk about than no ball games at all um, since our departure um, in the fall. So, I mean, let's roll with it, man. There's really a lot to talk about um, Mm -hmm. in the small sample sizes, what we got. Um, You know, some good takeaways, some not good takeaways, man. It's just good to be back talking about actual baseball. I mean, we sit here in the wintertime and we, we try and give you as much content as we can. Blue Jays have a great Sometimes team history hard, though, and things right? like that, <laughs> but we're oh, absolutely. But we're here. We want to we want to build a future squad and 2023 Blue Jays. We'll see what they can do for us, man. Three spring training games in and um, a lot more ball to go. All right. Well, last episode, we went into our spring training preview. We talked about what things you should be looking for and what things you shouldn't be looking for in camp. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and check out that episode, please. But let's kind of get into a little bit of what our main takeaways were from the three games that we have this spring. And, you know, take Let's take everything with a grain of salt still. Everything we're about to say, with the caveat, small sample size, three games. Yes, we know that. But there are some things you can take away, right? For example, last spring, Riley, Santiago Espinal was having exit velocities higher than he had ever had in his career, right? And that led to him having a career high in home runs this season and an all-star appearance along the way. So there are a few small things you can take of um, going forward. And I think the Blue Jays have a ton of that here. And I just... I want to dive into the first player that really, really stood out to me this, this spring. And that was on our debut. And that was my guy with his Jersey back there. That was Yusei Kikuchi Riley. Now take this with a massive grain of salt, but her first spring training start this year, Riley looked awesome. He had only pitched two winnings against the pirates. Now I know it's the pirates and I know it wasn't even the Pittsburgh pirates, a lineup, but he only allowed one hit, which was on a weak infield single, and a mind-blowing Riley 14 swinging strikes on his 33 pitches. Like, Riley, you say Kikuchi only had one appearance all of last year where he had 14 or more swinging strikes, and he did that in two innings against the Pirates today. He looked really, really good, Riley. So I'm going to give you a word here if what you want to say about you say Kikuchi. What does this mean for him going forward? So going forward, uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, he's obviously worked on his craft quite a bit. Um, I mean, yeah. Jesse, a lot of swing and misses. Anytime mm-hmm. you're on the bump um, pitching, I don't care about what lineup it is, but, you know, the guys are good enough that they can get bad on ball, be pesky at bats. But you say Kikuchi just seemed to miss a lot of bats, only giving up one hit, striking out five batters. And, yes, of course, 14 swings and misses. That's really good stuff out of Mr. Kikuchi because, yeah, last year, you know, we we got him three three year deal and he is you know he really let us down Jesse mm-hmm. he really let us down and there was a big question mark he ended up going to the bullpen for a bit um, I really hope and I think that this continues maybe not to degree of fourteen swing and swing and strikes. Um, every time he goes out over two innings. I mean, come on. That's just a really, really good way to start. He's really showed us what he can do, and we know what he can do. But, I mean, it's about the consistencies, Jesse. And um, do I see this being... Do I see this being a trend, Jesse? Of course, a little bit, but there's always going to be the odd hiccup. I'm looking forward to seeing his his second outing. But, Mm -hmm. of course, two innings, 
you're not going to get a lot of, you know, not a lot to really say. But over that small sample size, Jesse, there is all you can really say is he looked great out there. So, Riley, what were the things we were saying last year when Yusei Kikuchi was struggling, right? We were saying stuff like, well, his fastball is getting crushed. His misses are very uncompetitive pitches. Like, he's either leaving things right down the middle of the plate or it's five feet over the catcher's head or it's bouncing before he gets there. Now, I do want to throw a little bit of cold water on this because his fastball wasn't that good, right? He only threw, he threw eight fastballs and only two of them, Riley, were for strikes. And one of them was dead center of the plate. So maybe... You say Kikuchi hasn't completely turned a corner yet, but he did have a quote here, and we saw during um, his pregame warm-ups and stuff that he was trying to initiate a curveball, and he broke it out in this appearance here. And his quote that Yusei Kikuchi gave um, about adding a, co- uh, adding a curveball to his repertoire was this. He says, quote, I'm focusing on a strike percentage with a breaking ball, Yusei Kikuchi said to a club interpreter. Last season, he was focusing on strike percentage with his fastball. This season, he's going with off-speed pitches, and that's what changed. And if you look at the pitch map here, Riley, and I'll put it up on screen for you guys watching on YouTube, you can see where he was locating his slider and his curveball, and all of those pitches were down and in to a right-hand hitter, either on the plate or off the plate. And if you say Kikuchi can be one of these guys who consistently can throw strikes with his off-speed pitches, maybe he can use his fastball more as a change of pace thing and kind of be more of a strikeout pitch. So kind of changing to be more of a slider, a like a curveball first guy, then a fastball coming out second. And I think that is going to be how Yusei Kikuchi is going to find success this year. So the good thing about um, being a, almost having your fastball in your secondary pitches, um, you don't actually have to locate your fastball as good as if it's your primary pitch, mm-hmm. but you got to make dang sure that those other pitches are working for you. Obviously the, the fastball is the, is the try. It's the tried and true pitch in, in baseball, man. You just got to make sure that your other pitches are working for you in that, in that respective. But um, yeah, he looked great. And it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot more to come from it. I mean, if we can see, if we can see that curveball, if we can see the good cutter slider action out of Yusei Kikuchi, I mean, then yeah, he's a good left-handed, he's a hard, uh, hard throwing left-handed mm-hmm. pitcher. And, um, I mean, he's, he's got a lot to showcase, man. Um, so far, so good. That's all I have to say on that. So far, so good, Jesse, and it's real good so far. Yes, let's get out and take a look and see how he does in the second start. If he continues on this and builds momentum, it's going to be a good thing going forward. But hey, his first spring training start last year, two innings pitch, four strikeouts, one walk. So he was good then too. So let's take it with a grain of salt and see how it goes going forward here. Riley, you wanted to talk about another Blue Jay player who's really caught your eye in this first two, three games of the spring. And who would that be? Well, I said it on the last one, man. If if your eyes were glued to Kikuchi on the bump, I mean, you got to talk about our guy at the plate, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 100%. So far, it's not disappointed, Jesse. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the lineup today against the Braves. Um, I mean, but a home run in in, in, a, in the games against Pittsburgh and the Yankees. So, mm-hmm. Jesse, that's a pretty good rate of home runs. And <laughs> and then and I could think there was another fly out in the game as well. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like, you know, what we thought. I mean, I think the first at-bats resulted in a ground out and we probably threw our remote controls or <laughs> phones or whatever we were watching it on. But hey, we figured out the swing and and it, it turned around quite quickly. And yeah, dude, we're only going to go as far as Vladimir Gru Jr. takes us. I mm-hmm. mean, we got a lot of good, good players on this team, man. But Vladdy's a real superstar. And if we go back and do something like he did in 2021 for us, I mean, we got better pieces now to surround him with. And if he's hitting, hitting in the lineup for us at what we know he can do, and the guys around him also putting up numbers. I mean, we're a lethal team that way. We got some of our be- the best homegrown players in the league starts with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's looked good at the dish in the first couple games. And I mean, I think it continues. I really think it continues. Whatever adjust, he's obviously made some adjustments. We were talking about that. Has mm-hmm. he made adjustments? What kind of what kind of swingers are we going to see? I mean, I've tried to look at the swing. There's not much di- there's not much difference in my head at what he's actually doing at the plate. Um, you know, where he's just kind of making contact with the ball. Mm-hmm. It, he does have a very hard swing, Always whether has. he is kind yeah. of slowing his swing down or kind of taking it off. So, I mean, I just liked it's just uh, the things you like to see, man. 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting two home runs in two games is an awfully good start in spring training. Yeah, man, Vladdy, save some for the regular season here, will ya? <laughs> like, get him going for us when these games count. But hey, two games played, two home runs. His first one, Riley, 432 feet off a 96 mile per hour fastball from David Bednar, who was a good pitcher. Like, he's an all star that Vladdy did that too. Um, now, here's a quote from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. about his swings. And he says, hey, you know, my timing feels good. But then he went on and added, like, look, these are the first at bats of spring training. They don't mean anything. Once I can get my swing off consistently and do it for weeks at a time, then I will tell you I'm ready and in a good place. So a guy who's already mashing, being this modest, kind of makes you feel like there's still more to come or still more work to do from Vladdy as he prepares for the WBC and the rest of the Blue Jays. I mean, you got to say stuff like that, though. Vladdy's the type of player where, you know, the spotlight is on him a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's got the World Baseball Classic coming up and still a, a few more spring training at-bats in 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 the Toronto Blue Jays, or like with us before mm-hmm. departing. Um, he... He's going to get some more at bats and I wouldn't, I still, my concern level wouldn't actually be, you know, that low if he does go over eight on his next at bats, but what are those eight at bats, Jesse? Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a thing, right? I mean, uh, four ground outs, a strikeout and one fly out that would be called for cause for concern. Um, you know, three flyouts and two ground outs. I would take a number like 100%. that. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a heck of an improvement from last year. Anyways. Um, I, I mean, he took some, pre- he took some pretty big hacks. I think there was one good swing and miss. Vladdy's not a guy who's going to strike out a lot against, you know, a non MLB um, poised arm. But um, yeah, t- took Bednar deep um, in, the, in the game against Pittsburgh, and then looked awfully good in the in the Yankees game. Um, it makes you think, Jesse, that there is more to come from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And we know that there's more to come. Yes, I mean, we know what this guy we know what this guy can do, and he's going to he's going to perform. No, no matter what, to some extent, um, you know, whether the numbers reflect that or not, he's going to hit the ball and he's going to hit the ball hard. And that's um, he's going to bat the ball in into play. And whether that's, you know, whether that's an out or whether that's a hit or whether it's a home run, well, we will we will see and, and wait with full anticipation because I am in. But again, you want to talk about it, we'll go back to our thumbs up. Certainly, right off the bat, Jesse, the two, my two hands, my two thumbs, one goes to your guy Kikuchi, one goes to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., man, because, I mean, it's a good start. Three games in, but you you know what? Uh, it gives you some it gives you some good hope for the year, and I think a lot of guys are on board. You could be torn with Kikuchi, but seeing the two home runs out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is great. I'm with you, my guy. Let's see more of it going forward, and just stay healthy, please, Vladdy. We need you to dominate this season. Finally, another guy who has really impressed me this spring and has impressed a lot of Blue Jays fans, and actually has a lot of Blue Jays fans talking like crazy, is Addison Barger. And Riley, off the top of your head, if you had to say who had the sweetest left-handed swing in Blue Jays history, who would you say? Oh, well, I mean, hey, I really like Delgado's swing. Sure. Delgado had a Delgado had a real good swing. Ah, changing my answer right off the bat, though. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, I don't know if you know what I'm gonna say, but when I say it, it'll make sense. Colby Rasmus, I think, is my favorite left-handed Blue Jays swing of all time. Gotta be Colby Rasmus. It was always uh, very pretty to see that big uppercut swing. But I, rather, I will bet it won't take long until you see Addison Barger on this list as one of the sweet left-handers in Blue Jays history because he is great. And I love a big leg kick. And Addison Barger has that big leg kick. And when he connects and barrels a baseball up, it looks phenomenal. And this guy, look, we talked about him coming into our last episode here. It's like he tore up the minor leagues. He started in a ball, made it all the way up to Buffalo and had an OPS plus over nine or an OPS over 900. Like he was really good. And right now he is on the 40 man roster. He is competing for a spot on this bench. And I think he's impressed enough in camp so far to on merit get a spot on this bench, right? He had a majestic home run in the first game. He turned around a 95.5 mile per hour heater, hit at 382 feet, 105 miles per hour off the bat. Also off David Bednar, an all-star. And even John Schneider um, said some things about him. And he was like, hey, this guy's a little raw still, but if he keeps hitting home runs off Major League Baseball all-stars, we have to take note. And there is a chance he might be on this team opening day. Uh, I really am hoping that he is he is a good player um 
for this team right now. A decent guy, multi-position guy. Mm-hmm. Um, as to where he will play primarily, I, I really don't know. He's a guy who could give a lot of a, a lot of guys a day off, though, and that's the important thing because obviously this guy's not not set on being a major league starter right now. He is just this is Addison Barger's big breakthrough right now. I would yeah. say this is an important time for for this young man um, in this organization because he's really turning some heads. And really making a lot of us guys think, Jesse, that, yeah, we were talking, you know, whether it was last episode, the episode before, you know, the kind of the final roster spot guy or a guy would be a good player off the bench. And right now, like my mind is totally on Barger. I mean, it's mm-hmm. almost like you can't. There's a lot of guys that have caught my eye, but none more than him. And I mean, if this continues, I mean, at this rate, this level right now, obviously, we're talking small sample sizes, but he's a guy that you almost start on your opening day roster if this continues, Jesse, and then go from there, right? Like, you don't start you don't start the season, you know, playing him 18 innings in the first two games. You're no, going to space this guy out. Bench. He yeah. might play three or four weeks and then get a taste of how this guy does at the major league level. But if he – this is a guy that if he keeps performing, Jesse, and if he keeps showing up and showing that he can play in the big leagues, man, that he – might not get sent down again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a thing. little bit of a stretch right now. But the way he's been playing, man, he is certainly on that trajectory to play himself as as a major as a major league player, whether that be a bench player or a situational guy. Um, certainly, a little bit out of the question right now of the role of a starter. But he's certainly proving that he is um, is really fighting for a spot on this team. And I think that there's quite a good chance right now that he is on the 26-man roster come opening day. So you see this sometimes with guys in the minor leagues who might not have been the best prospects on lists, but they just find something that clicks and they start hitting and they never stop. Like Juan Soto was this guy. Now, I'm not comparing Addison Barger to Juan Soto. That would be insane to do so. However, Juan Soto was never like a super high-end prospect, but all of a sudden he just learned how to hit and he never stopped. Addison Barger could be a guy like that who once he gets it figured out, he could just go because he did it in New Hampshire. He did it in Buffalo. He's doing it this spring. He might be able to do it so far when he gets to the majors. And if that is the case, we do get a breakout player here. Watch out because he could be a real guy for this team. Yeah. I mean, just another good another good swing, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I, you know what? I'm not a huge leg kick guy, but it is a nice swing. I always thought that the leg kick could throw a guy off, um, especially a young player. Nowadays, you don't really teach players to do the big leg kick. That's kind of a non-thing. You kind of learn it on your own. Back in the, you know, maybe the 1940s and 50s, ah, come on, Timmy, your, <laughs> your leg kick isn't isn't high enough, you know, to hit those baseballs. Nowadays, you kind of want to, you, you teach, you teach you know the younger guys and you know high school and then going into college you teach them kind of you know to just kind of tr- weight transfer but yeah he's got a big leg kick but he's making it work dude it's mm-hmm. a nice thing to see um yeah i don't know jesse this guy in in my head i'm trying to when you were going on and talking there i was trying to think of other guys because there is there is other guys that um you know will be fighting with barger in spring training over over possibly the final spot and um I still in my head, I'm giving Barger the upper upper edge right now. And I think that I think that it, I hope it continues because it's a good thing to watch, man, because mm-hmm. another lefty bat in the lineup, man, would be would be fantastic. And I think uh, I think, yeah, it, I mean, it's only three games into spring, but I think he's the leading edge right now. We'll see. We'll follow this more as it goes on going through spring. Riley, one other guy who you and I have talked about quite a bit on this show. <laughs> that is nasty. Nate Pearson, Riley. And he hey, he's t- he's 25, right? He his the shine is off Nate Pearson, right? Top prospect people are not talking about this guy anymore, but he's healthy right now. He's pitching in spring, and here's what he did in his debut. He went one inning. He did give up two hits. He did walk two batters, gave up a run, but he struck out three on his 31 pitches, and his fastball, Riley, explosive, averaging 97.8 miles per hour. He had a fastball at 100.8, so let's round up to 101 miles per hour, which was the ninth hardest fastball he's thrown his career, and he just did that on February 25th or whatever date it was when we started. Still, also, he got nine whiffs, or he got four whiffs, sorry, on his nine swings batters took against him, and we saw him pair it, too, with the hammer, uh, 79-mile-per-hour curveball, which had me salivating when I watched Nate Pearson pitch. So you can look at it two ways, Riley. You can look at the tools, which is how I've always looked at Nate Pearson and see this guy who can be nasty, but you could also look at it and be like, well, he walked two guys. He gave up two hard hit balls in an inning. And that's not what you want for a reliever. So 
Riley, what are your thoughts here on Nate Pearson's first spring training outfit? So my takeaways, man, is, yeah, I mean, the you want to talk about Nate Pearson's pitches. I mean, the first thing that comes into your head is that hard fastball. The problem mm-hmm. I had with the fastball, I mean, the pitch that was 101 or 100, 100.8, it was high out of the zone. I mean, that's fine and dandy to throw that hard, but you got to, like I said, you got, I like to, you know, maybe substitute a little bit of velocity for some control. But, Jesse, that curveball looked, you know, that curveball to get guys off speed, off balance. I mean, look out, man. I mean, it was great. He seemed to have, he seemed to locate it pretty good. I mean, you know, we're talking February, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. Nate Pearson is a guy that we've seen grow. You know, it's not like he, you know, like you said, 25, he spent time in the major leagues. Like we've seen this guy, this guy has, keeps refining himself and then has these setbacks due to injuries. So yeah, Jesse, I'm totally on the Nate Pearson, um, Trade right now. If, Welcome if aboard, had, my guy. Shoot, shoot. Let's go. Like, if hey, man, the problem is, like, hey, man, if I had it my way, he would have been the ace of this team when he turned 23. Sure. There's just there's just so many hiccups in the game, man. But yeah, I'm fine for we we're talking relief pitchers. We're talking a low leverage relief pitcher right now. I'm totally fine with Nate Pearson being that guy. Yes, two hard hit balls and two walks are not what you want to see, man. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that that can be tinkered with. I think there's 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 small repairs to be made to turn that into maybe a line out, a ground out, and one walk, and and to turn the strikeout into maybe a weak contact ground ball or something. There there's ways to go around. And in kind of you know figure out his his pitching performance there, but yeah, the his first appearance, and I mean the eyes were again, your the eyes are on a lot of guys. There's a lot of storylines for this Blue Jays team going into this year. Nate Pearson is certainly one of them, because um, you want you want to cheer for him, you want to see him do well, uh, and I mean it's it definitely not it definitely was not a, a a failed appearance. It definitely didn't go perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of good to take away from this. There's some bad, which is pitch location. But the good is that, yeah, he can throw absolute gas, and the mm-hmm. breaking ball looked fantastic. Absolutely looked fantastic. So where do you stand, Riley, on our 29-and-a-half over-unders? I said over. You said under. Are you leaning towards the over now? Have I convinced you? Or has this appearance convinced you? I, I, I'm never a Blue Jays pessimist, but there's always, there's always a will and a way for someone to play themselves out of a spot. I'm not mm. saying this is going to happen. I am a man of my words and I'm a stubborn boy, Jesse, <laughs> and I'm sticking to what I said. If I, if I, if I, if I lose, <clears throat> if I lose the bet, I lose the bet. I, I, I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for him to do well, man. It's just the likelihood and what I think is actually going to happen. Again, we will see. This will not be the last time we see Mr. Pearson take the bump in a spring training game for the Blue Jays. This is someone that the Blue Jays uh, staff, the Blue Jays players, everybody wants to see this guy and wants to see this guy well. Because, you, you, I mean, you want to use it. He's got the tools, man. You want to use an effective arm like Nate Pearson. All right, some other player notes I want to get into here as uh, Tim Mesa started a bullpen day against the Yankees there, against a very weak Yankees lineup too at that, and he struggled in his spot start. But this is going back to what we said at the start of last episode. Like, hey, don't really judge player performance based on things because sometimes players are just working on things, right? And he gave up three hits and one earned run, and all three hits off of Tim Mesa were hit 95 miles per hour or harder. And his slider was down four miles per hour to 84 when it usually sits about 87. So a lot of people were asked, but Tim Mesa just said, he's like, yep, I'm just trying to get a new shape on my slider. Try to throw it slower, try to get it to loop more. So this was something that Tim Mesa was doing intentionally. And this is kind of why going back to what we said last episode, where you got to take these spring training results with a grain of salt. Cause Tim Mesa was just trying something new with the slider here. Yeah, absolutely. That probably why we haven't even, well, I haven't brought him up to this point anyways, mm-hmm. like that, I wasn't too concerned about a guy like Mesa going out there. And if you need to make adjustments, that's that's fine. And, yeah, say that. It doesn't sound like he was concerned either yeah. or a lot of players were. You know, Nate – or, sorry, uh, Tim Mesa is going to be pitching. He's a, he's a, our left-handed option out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a, a, and a good slider against the left-handed bat. Figure, yeah, I would rather that's an important pitch for us. You want to talk about every pitcher and their pitches throughout the bullpen – a good Tim Mesa slider will be very important uh, down the yes, stretch. Yep. Uh, I know they took away the, you know, the we got you got to face three batters and all this. Tim Mesa, of course, would would, would have made out as a perfect left-handed specialist. A loogie. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. So the, he, like, yeah, 
figure it out, figure out your craft. Um, I mean, I don't know what you have next, but I'm just going to jump on this now that we're on Go the talk it. of bullpen yeah. arms. Um, because as I was not concerned with the performance of Tim Meza, what I was concerned, I kind of have a list. And there's, there's, I think, Jesse, I think I have four guys. I really okay. took into consideration the guys that, I mean, look, I want to just get first and foremost, I almost should have let off with this. I thought that that game against, I thought that Pittsburgh game, yeah, it's the first game of spring training. On both sides, Pittsburgh and us, I thought it was a sloppy game. Mm. I thought Pittsprey, first game of spring, right? First, I, I just, I just, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> hey, hey. I, I know. I just want to say that it looks sloppy and a, a little bit us. We kind of slept on the Yankees there. I mean, mm -hmm. you had that you had that 20 whatever year old Volpe stealing bases. I know it was Brantley. He didn't look too sharp there, but let's go on to pitchers. So, yes, not wasn't too concerned with Mesa, but Julian and Junior Fernandez both to me did not look that good. Um, and and same with, um, oh, geez, I had another name. Well, first of all, I want to say him for last. Zach Thompson to me. Yeah, he, um, he struggled. Another another guy who who really struggled. Um, oh, there was another guy on that list. I can't I can't remember it. There's another Bard, guy. Who, yo, oh yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Colorado too. How could I forget Luke Bard? Yes, Luke Bard. He might have been the, had the worst performance out of anybody in the in the three games. Man, mm -hmm. that was that was not that was not good at all. That was like he. You want to talk about guys getting hit hard? Like Pearson, yeah, he got got hit around hard, but did other things really well. Like Luke Bard did terrible. I thought next, I thought Matt Peacock did, did a good job coming in mm -hmm. after yep. to to deal with that and uh, and probably not a scheduled appearance or whatever. He was probably bound to pitch next in the ball game, anyways. Probably, I yeah. thought Matt Matt Peacock at least kind of closed the door a little bit, but yeah, Luke Bard and the two Fernandezes to for me. Um, I mean, they're 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 a long shot on the roster, anyways. But just appearances like that, where almost it just seems like nothing goes right. I mean, that's kind of what it what it was like, man. Where I mean, you got first of all two home runs in a row, three hits in a row on Bard, mm -hmm. and um, it seems like I think it was um, Julian Fernandez throw a ninety eight, but couldn't find the strike zone for yeah. for a bit there, and, and let himself into a, a heap of trouble. Anyways, yeah, I know it's a spring man, but the things you take away, as I sit here and and you know pick apart these three baseball games, you know, because there's nothing else to talk about, which is which is fine. They're in our organization; we could talk about these guys. But yep. um, yeah, I mean, total long shots. Zach Thompson, though, he a guy who might you know, have the greatest chance of making the team out of those four guys that were just named is um, is kind of down on the list now. And um, we'll see kind of how 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 is those guys next appearances go, because that's the thing to watch, right? You're not going to cut a player right after their first big blow up. It's going to take a little bit more. But yeah, things you don't really want to see. Of course, ideally, Jesse, you want to go out and no hit every single ball course, club you course. play, but that just doesn't happen, man. But when you get the when you kind of get two pitchers consecutively throwing two two bad innings of ball, it's not it's not great. It's hard to watch at times. But I mean, hey, three games in, that's just my thought, Jesse. You yeah. know, I I think last year I was a little bit easy on the pitchers i want to be a little bit harder this year even in the spring dude i want to i want to well look what happened i want to tighten it up just a little bit i want to make sure that we got the right guys on the hill we demand excellence at buds and blue jays over here um, but i also want to add uh, drew hutchinson to that list as well who struggled in his oh, start against that yes. today too but riley i do want to say if you are going to have players struggle in spring training this is kind of the group of player you're okay seeing struggling right like none of these guys are probably going to be on the team opening day anyway they're all likely going to go to buffalo and i think we'd rather see the guys that we know are going to be in the rotation like kikuchi or some of the guys that we know are going to be in the bullpen you want to see them perform anyway so i'm actually not taking this as too big of a takeaway here especially if mitch white comes back and can be healthy and can be effective i think we're going to be okay yeah no all i meant is i think that they just kind of are playing themselves out of a roster spot more disappointed in Zach Thompson, though, because I think he has a legitimate chance of making this team. Just hope he can tidy it up. I think so, too. And let's keep an eye on that going forward here. Uh, some smaller news and notes here. Santiago Espinal went deep, so he had a good spring last year. Good to see him here. LJ Talley went deep. And honestly, Riley, we're Blue Jays nuts. I LJ Talley? Sure. 
Um, or Elvis uh, Martinez had a double down the line and um, Spencer Horowitz had two hits today. And Deson Brown, Riley, who was a guy you mentioned on our prospect episode that you were keen on watching this spring, had a hit in his first at bat and looked good doing so. But I want to highlight or Elvis Martinez here because Zips, which is a player's projection system they run at Fangraphs, ran the projections on a bunch of prospects in the top 100. And they had or Elvis Martinez's to be the fifth best in all of the prospects next year. That's better then um, guys like Yuri Perez, who's a top pitching prospect for the Marlins, Jordan Walker, who's likely going to make the Cardinals out of camp. That's better than Ricky Tiedemann, Riley, who we've been talking up all time. Andrew Painter, Grayson Rodriguez, and Masataka Yoshida, who's the guy uh, coming over from Japan and Boston. They like Orelvis Martinez more than all of those guys. So keep that going forward as we pay attention to here. Uh, those names, Riley, anything catch your eye? Yeah, well, I like Aralvis Martinez more than those guys, too. So the list makes sure. sense to me. Yeah. Um, it's not a surprise, man. I mean, he's a he's a good he's a good young infielder and um, another guy we're going to going to get a look at. But he's still I mean, he's still so young. We can you know, we can send this guy down again and it not really be a big issue. Um, and then at some point in the year, I mean, you can always call him up. I mean, he's full of options and um, 40, man. I mean, I'm not sad. I'm not sad about if we had to send him down because he's he's a real future bringer for me yeah. to this team, right? Like, I mean, well, not to get totally into this right now, but Bobuchet just signed a three-year, you know, contract tick 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 in my head yeah. for three years. Ralvis Martinez. Let's see how that lines up, Jesse. Because I mean, Ralvis Martinez will be a major league infielder, whether that be at the position of short yet to be determined, but we will see. I mean, cause I, I mean, that's kind of a to B right there for me. Let's protect this, uh, this guy at all costs. Mm -hmm. um, cause we could really use him as a future piece for this ball cup. Of course, Jesse, if he is going to be so impactful that you can simply just not take him off of the 26 man roster, then that's different. But I think at this point, you just kind of roll with the punches. He's still really young. I mean, the Buffalo is still a really, really good option for him at this point. And I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, likely go back to New Hampshire. But if he rakes there, he'll be in Buffalo. And maybe he gets a cup of coffee towards the end of the year, like guys like Otto Lopez uh, did this year for the Toronto Blue Jays. Riley, any other main takeaways from the three games that you saw that you wanted to make sure you mentioned here? No, I think we got quite a bit. I'll tell you though, the the, the battle at second base is going to be going to be quite thrilling, mm -hmm. to say the least. Honestly, I mean, yeah. they all have hits. I think right now, I think I was leaning more towards Whit Merrifield, but I think Espy's been doing fantastic. He's hitting the ball to all fields, and he's hitting with a little bit of pop. So I mean, hey man, that's that's real good too. And yeah, I guess you can't really rule out Biggio. And the fact that he started at first base makes me think that. Um, you know, he's probably not going to be the starting uh, second baseman, but there's a really good chance. He plays a lot of the right side of the ball diamond positions, right field first and second, yep. kind of that Makes utility sense. player, that slice of the pie. So I think he does that a bit. Um, like Brantley dropped a hit in, which is good. It's always nice to see a, like a backup catcher kind of caliber player mm -hmm. drop a hit in at least, you know, not just go down three times on strike. Outs. Um, yeah, uh, pitchers. I was, you know, to be honest, Jesse, um, the the younger guys come up and I don't always pay full attention, but certainly the pitchers I was I was on, I already gave my little spiel about Sir, yeah. about about that. But um, yeah, it's it's still still real early, man. And like right off the bat, yeah, Kikuchi looks fantastic in his two innings pitched and Vladdy two home runs. And yeah, watch Addison Barger because I mean, he's he's not done. He's just starting to build up his bag of tricks. Let's see what else this kid's got. All right. Some news and notes here. Uh, Alejandro Kirk Riley is still not in camp as him and his wife are still expecting the birth of a child. And because of this, he had to withdraw from Team Mexico for the World Baseball Classic. So as soon as um, him and his wife have their child, he will be reporting to Toronto Blue Jays. He will be staying in Dunedin. Now, I only bring this up. Are we getting concerned at all now? Because we're two weeks past pitchers and catchers reporting. And spring training for the hitters doesn't mean a whole lot. But for the guys like the pitchers and the catchers, spring training means a lot, especially with a lot of the new arms that are in Blue Jays camp here. Like, don't you want them throwing to Alejandro Kirk so Kirk can kind of figure it out? And I wonder if this means, Riley, maybe we see a little more Danny Jansen at the start of the year behind the plate. And maybe Kirk will just catch guys like Gosman and Manoa or guys he already knows. Too. At what point do we become concerned that Kirk is not in camp? So, I mean, to start, full disclosure, I am fine 
with with him taking the personal time off. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, 100%. I know you are too. I just want to make sure our, our listeners, our viewers all know that, that we are not poo-pooing Kirk. I mean, there's a difference between baseball and life for sure. And this is yes. the, 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 the part of life where you have to take time away from the game. Now, Jesse, as far as the baseball side of things go. Yeah, it's really too bad that he has to withdraw from from Mexico. Um, we really need him at camp, though. And I would not be surprised if we use Jansen a little bit more than maybe we thought. I mean, I'm still at this point. I was I was wide open to a kind of interpret who is going to catch like who and how how they would share the workload. Mm-hmm. I think as of right now, yeah, you're probably going three games Jansen, and two games Kirk if he comes to camp. I mean, still real soon, like, right? Because, I mean, catcher's an important position. You're the you're the catalyst on the field. You, you're the signal caller. You call the shots, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need, and, you know, this is going to be an important year for Alejandro Kirk. And he will get to camp eventually here. He will get things sorted out. Um, and of course, with the with the newborn on the way, that's that takes priority. But we're definitely um, eager for him to to return to the you know the baseball side of life. We'll say, yeah, we'll see him in camp. I, I can't expect to be in too too much longer now, but you never know with these complications. Things always come up. Uh, Manny Machado just signed a massive contract extension with the Padres, and I'm only bringing this up because it now means that Matt Chapman is our is the best potential free agent third baseman available. And aside from Shohei Otani, who's a free agent next year there really isn't a big free agent class so i think the interest in matt chapman will be there and i feel like he is a scott boris client and and like over his history scott boris clients do end up going to free agency so i don't think there's a lot of hope for a matt chapman extension unless the blue jays just blow him away so i guess we're going into the season riley this is a matt chapman contract year we've seen players put up big years before in contract year so hopefully we can get that out of matt chapman because it's not out of the question here and maybe this is what we save barger for or elvis martinez takes a big step forward and we replace them in third base i guess you don't have to think too much long term but how do we feel about the matt chapman situation going into his last year here under contract well, obviously, you know, he's, I mean, straight up, uh, like, I'm a fan of the game of baseball before the Blue Jays. I love the Blue Jays being a Canadian and all, but mm-hmm. my favorite player, but when we when we first kind of, this, this podcast was a seed in my mind, it was Oakland A's, Matt Chapman, and I mean, I just about tossed my cookies in excitement when he came yes. aboard this ball club. I mean, it was the, hey, the it was a great day, man. I mean, I thought Twitter was playing a joke on me. I honest <laughs> to God did. Um, so, so we're talking the dollar value attached to Matt Chapman. And honestly, for him to make a big splash in the dollar and for term for the length of a contract, I mean, he would have to have put together a pretty good year. I think the blue chip that was once attached to Chapman is gone. Um, I just think I think a lot of that to do with the, the batting average. I mean, the de- let's let's the defense is is I mean the t- in the ninety ninth percent or the you know the one percentile on third base. He's one of the best mm-hmm. uh, fielding third baseman ever, um, and you know maybe only to be overtaken by a guy like Arenado. Uh, and this, but yeah, I think that he's going to have to have a really good season for him to collect the dollar. I think the Blue Jays would be willing to give him something for sure, offer him uh, a deal. But if he plays himself out of Toronto, Jesse, then he plays himself out of Toronto and he's he's done that for our team and it's gotten the blue Jays to whatever, because I mean, if he yeah. goes out Jesse and hits 25 home runs and hits 225, the price on a player like that, that still plays elite defense. Don't get me wrong. I think the blue Jays could afford a guy like that, but if he goes out and hits 36, 37 home runs and boosts that average up to maybe two fifty ish and mm-hmm. has, you know, the on, the match happens on base percentage. He's a very good. He's very good at drawing walks. He's very good at having good at bats. Even with the swing and miss in his game, Jesse, he can still draw out lengthy at bats and get on base. He finds himself on base a lot. So, but I mean, he could. There's a good chance that I mean, he is a Blue Jay next year on on what would be you know not a long long term deal, four year contract something like that. Um, I know players like them 
like longer deals, but I mean, I can't see him getting a seven, seven year deal. I mean, and if it is a seven year deal attached to it, it won't, it won't be from the blue Jays. Sadly, it'll be Mm -hmm. from another, another team who's paying him big bucks. And that's only because Matt Chapman would have had a phenomenal year. So yeah, I mean, in my head, Jesse, I'm kind of thinking that he won't be a blue Jay next year. We don't know a hundred percent. Obviously I would like to, have him till his career plays out or if my other option is like Oakland just gets better and he goes back to Oakland and plays sure. third base there. There's only two, <laughs> there's only two things I really want to see. And, and the one isn't happening. He's yeah, he's not going back there, but um, he a good chance. He could go to a California club, but um, he's um, yeah, he, I'm, I'm split down the middle. Of course, Jesse, you want to see if he plays well, a really good third baseman, but yes, there are other options in our organization as well. Cause it's going to go one of two ways. Either Matt Chapman, you know, has that monster season. Like you talked about, right? He hits 35 home runs. He hits 250. Well then the Jays, like what does Matt Chapman have to accept a, a contract offer from us then? Right. He's like, no, like I'm having a monster year. I'm going to go to free agency, get what I'm worth. And if he's bad, he hits like 20 home runs, 220. Then are we sure we want to give Matt Chapman a massive extension, right? It kind of goes both ways. So I, I think no matter what happens, he's playing out this year on the last year of his deal without a contract extension. But we'll see. A lot can change between now and the end of the regular season. Maybe something unexpected happens. We do not know. Riley, I have one more piece of note here before we get to the Blue Jays promotional giveaways. And that's a big front office thing. And the Blue Jays today actually made a pretty big deal like a pretty big signing and we signed former Astros general manager James Clicks James Click who was the guy who pretty much started the uh, Houston Astros dynasty and he is now our vice president to go along with Mark Shapiro and he is quote a baseball strategist this year which is an interesting term but he was like I said he was the big reason they became a dynasty and you can see why the Blue Jays had interest in a guy like this and as long as you know he's not cheating we're not doing sign signal stuff going on through here right he should be exactly what our front office needs and Riley if you look at all the guys that the Blue Jays have now brought into our coaching staff slash our front office like we mentioned Victor Martinez last episode we talked about Don Mattingly when the Blue Jays hired him Edwin and Canassi on who a lot of people like is now working in our front office as well and now with james click it seems like the jays have really added a good mix of guys here who are around the game and are proven winners and they're taking this very seriously which honestly as they should i am special assistant to mike shapiro is what they're all saying right now that is of course that is of course peter brand from a quote from the probably the best movie that was ever made i love to bring in baseball personnel for baseball Teams, team guys who know baseball. I don't want these pencil pushers who don't know what a, the difference between a rosin bag and a baseball are. I want real guys who know what it takes. The special assistants, the vice presidents, whoever that would be. So yeah, if we can get a guy who's won, I don't like. Let's just put it. Let's just let put it out in the air, Jesse. And that's yeah. Like it, it was for the he was around when the cheating scandal was. Whatever. Obviously, that's not going to happen again. Like that would just be ridiculous, and I don't think our you organization. You think he learned his lesson, right? Like you've got our it. organization simply would not allow behavior Good. such as that. There's the door kind of thing. I, I do, I do like the, the. We're bringing in winners. Victor Martinez is a guy who's been around the game, Gold Glover. On I, well, he's had to have won one on first. I know he's won one at catcher. Um, and then we got a guy like Edwin, who I mean, his his, I don't know if his name will ever be on the roll of excellence. So there's a real be. good. Ch- I I I think it should be too, Jesse. But mm-hmm. 10's a really 10's a really good number to wear. Um, I don't know if they re- I can't retire that ten is a really good number. <laughs> um, I like hey, bring guys around the, the game of baseball that know the game of baseball. It's simple, man. So I like, I like that, man. I, like I said, I don't care if it's the janitor. I don't care if it's the CEO, bring in guys around the game that know the game of baseball. I think it's going to be good. And not only do they know the game of the baseball by all reports, they're good characters, good leaders. And Hey, a team can always use more leaders when it comes to trying to build a championship winning team. Um, so nothing but respect here. And I'm excited to see how this plays about, but Riley, with that being said, The Blue Jays just announced their promotional giveaways, and I know you like promotional giveaways. I like promotional giveaways. I know the fans love a good promotional giveaway. And here's what they have, and we'll put them up on screen for you guys watching uh, on YouTube so you can see what they are. But April 12th, and the Jays have a lot actually coming out early this year, and there always is the rule that they might just throw one that they don't have announced right now. But the Jays actually have three giveaways in the first month of April, and the first one will be a Vladimir Guerrero gold glove bobblehead. And if you've seen it, it's kind of great because he's doing the splits, which we saw Vladdy do quite a bit at first base this year. So that's 
one exciting about. Um, two weeks later on April 24th, they're having a Jordan Romano slash Danny Jansen, like giving a handshake at the end of getting into the save bobblehead. And then April 28th, they have a George Springer replica, new blue jersey, which looks like all your other new blue jerseys with George Springer on it. Those ones are always popular. Um, then we have to wait two months. June 28th, we're getting the Kevin Gosman replica splitter jersey, which is interesting because it's Gosman, but half of it's blue, half of it's white. We'll get our takes on that a little at the end here. Uh, very interesting. I don't think the Blue Jays have ever done anything like that before. And then they have two more. August 16th is a simple Vladdy blue replica jersey, kind of like the George Springer one, except it's the royal blue instead of the navy blue. And on September 15th, we're going to have a Jose Brios bobblehead. And I don't think the Jays have released the design of the Jose Brios bobblehead yet. So we'll have to wait and see as we get a look at that, Riley. But with those six things, hey, open ballpark. What do you like? Do you like them? Hate them? Love them? What do you got? So... Right. So it's kind of like the one of these things just doesn't belong here. Let's start with the let's start with the best and then go down. I, sure. I don't want to. Okay. don't want to don't want to bury the lead, but let's go with this. OK, cool bobblehead from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, there could easily be a, a home run one, whatever. He won a gold glove. So we're going to do something on the defensive side. The splits one looks that's a very unique bobblehead. Yeah, you don't see I that really, often, right? I really like that one. Then the next one, because I'm a bobblehead guy. I like me and my grandfather went to a lot of Jays games for a long time to collect the bobbleheads. I mean, we have taught like tons and tons of bobbleheads, man. Um, the other one being um, the the closer catcher, the Romano Jansen one. That's, that one's my favorite. That's a, another unique one that I really do like as well. I mean, because it's the stuff we've, we've seen Blady do in the splits. We've seen Jansen come out to the hill after a save. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 relatable stuff. It's real cool. I think they picked good players for the replica jerseys. I think Blady's great. I think a George Springer one's real good too. I mean, I don't not don't necessarily mind the. Hold on a second, because it'll go into this. But I don't necessarily mind, Jesse, when I've chosen games where I don't care what color the jersey is. Now, that being said, I think that the Kevin Gosman jersey looks ridiculous. I think I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I do not like it. I get it. The splitter jersey. Man, that's so just give me just give me a just give me a white one or give me a blue one. If I go to that game, Jesse. I can tell you one thing. I might, I might give that jersey to a to a kid Ooh. whose parents didn't get into the gate until game time. I, I'm not going to throw it in the trash. I'm going to put no, it to good use. But I don't. I like to wear the jerseys that they give away because a lot of them are good. It's light material. You can wear mm-hmm. them in the summer with another shirt underneath. They're really light. Obviously, they're not grade A material. But with this Gosman one, I just can't find myself wearing it. Like it's, it reminds me of you know the players got the split. It seems to be a new thing. Like I, the only time you should be wearing a split jersey, Jesse, is if you're the parent of two sons Bingo. playing Bingo. in a game against each other. Is the mm-hmm. only acceptable time to wear a split jersey. If you got uh, like whoever, like if uh, if Lourdes Senior goes to a game t- three years ago. With with Lourdes and Yuli, he can wear half Astros, half Blue Jays. That's cool. But to have the black and the white, uh, just like I see what they were trying to do. But a huge L on on that part, man. But the, hey, bobbleheads look fantastic. I can't wait to see what the Brios one is. The, I'm with you on the splitter jersey, man. And I was going to make the same point. Uh, the Contreras brothers do the same thing. I think their mom has a split jersey of the two Contreras brothers doing that. But like. I think this is gross. I get it. They're trying to be <laughs> cute, man. I, I've also never really liked. Do you remember the Kevin Pillar superhero jersey that they wore, where it had like oh. a cape coming off the back of it? Yeah. I still see that every now and again at the Rogers Center when I'm walking through there, and I don't think I like that either. I'm pretty sure I have one, honestly, somewhere. I'm pretty sure I just ripped the cape off of it. But yeah, like, hey, mad props for creativity, right? They got to do something cool, and I'm sure some people will like them. But to me, I don't like it. I'm just gonna get my normal white road Kevin Gosman jersey, and we're gonna call her at that. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Honest to God, man, that's that's a good it's a good takeaway. Glad we're on the same page, Jesse. To our viewers and listeners, I don't think that we're crazy for thinking that. <laughs> you guys have now, so you know, if 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 you're listening, go look up these these uh, Kevin Gosman promotional jerseys and let us know what you think. I yeah, personally, leave a comment down below. Yeah, uh, let us know. I, I mean, I don't think we're too crazy. I think we're a lot of people are in agreement, but I mean, hey, you could be different from us. And it could be your favorite thing in the world. Riley, get creative here. If you had to design one ballpark promotional item that you could give away, like 
what would what would you do? It could be anything. You know, do you have something off the top of your head? So I'm actually surprised they didn't do this, and I'm about to put, I'm about to kind of put my foot in the mouth for something because okay, sure, let's goes, it. like because I, I I sat here last week and blasted the home run celebrations, right? Yes, yes. I did, and I stand by that. But I think if they're gonna bring the jacket back this year, I think that they should make little. They're going to be crappy little. They could be the same material. Make little home run jackets for everybody mm. or something. So I the think fans that could wear be, one too, right? Exactly. I okay. mean, first 20,000 get a like, and I mean, the same material as the, the giveaway jersey. You don't have to be fantastically made. I mean, of course, you're not going to get real leather kind of stuff. I mean, the jerseys are different material and whatever else. That obviously, that would be. Um, you know, pretty nifty. I don't think there's a whole lot like that. But yeah, I'm a big fan of hats and stuff. But I mean, let's be honest, Jesse, the stuff at giveaways is not maybe the grade that you and I like as far as the hats and the jerseys. We have more of an acquired taste when it comes to sure. baseball paraphernalia. Sure. We like to feel like we're actually on the team. So we go out and we buy you know, we go to lids and we'll buy our official on-field caps or official on-field jerseys, and it makes us feel like we're MLB players. Or a forty-dollar chain with the Blue Jay styrofoam thing oh. on the end of it. <laughs> that I know best, you and I both hey, have. Hey, so. I, 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 best purchase I made when I saw you with that after yeah. the, when when I came into the ballpark, I was I I was jealous the whole train ride. <laughs> we, I was like, I gotta find one of those. And, and I'm wearing it to every game that I go to because it was $40. Me too, man. I've got it hanging on my door over there. You can't see it, but uh, I will be repping that at the Rogers Center this season. I cannot wait. Um, and hey, I think that'll do it for our episode here today. We're going to cut a little short. I do want to say, guys, we are four episodes away from the official start of Major League season, and we've still got to take our look around the rest of the AL East. We've got to do our Blue Jays X-Factors. We've got to do our Blue Jays bold takes, and we got to do a full-on season preview. So we are officially all seasons go. And for those of us who are new, who are sticking around and are joining us that weren't with us last year, we don't do hour-long episodes during the regular season. We kind of do about a 30-minute recap after every series. We usually give our thumbs up or we give stars on players we like. We talk about key pitching performances, and we want to see next, and we usually try to preview the next series coming up. So hit some so you can get to that all season long you know if you're missing the banter between riley and i and some little wit we'll still have a little bit of that but we're usually more business mode as we get into the regular season so stay tuned for that riley anything you want to add before we get out of here today oh we're all business here baby no fighting games no i <laughs> jesse i've been it we've been waiting for a long time to for ball to fire up we got three mm -hmm. games to work with we talked about the three games um we're ready to rock and roll. We still got lots to talk about uh, that's going to happen in spring. And of course, man, the World Baseball Classic, which I personally love. I've always been a fan of international ice hockey. Um, and I love baseball, you know, probably more than hockey at this point in my life. So international baseball is great, man. I, I like I'm super stoked for that. And obviously the start of the regular season um, is just is just a short little while away, man. Going to be a big month for baseball and I'm excited. I know you are excited. And guys, remember, leave a comment down below. And before we run, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the good stuff. We just hit our first 100 followers on TikTok. So we're not doing too bad for an account over to uh, not even a few weeks old there. So we're doing OK, guys. Thank you again. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.